Good morning, guys, and welcome to a new episode of the show, The Reason You Are Broke. This is the show where we have a conversation about your money and your life. This podcast is recorded with a live audience on YouTube and Facebook, and we do take questions during the show. But if you're listening right now and you would like to send a question to the podcast, check the show notes for a link to send a voice message. Please note, your question might be featured on a future episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. What we're talking about today is community habits. Those community habits that are keeping us broke. As we're going to be talking about those things today, I want to warn, first of all, some people are going to get angry at everything that I'm talking about today. But if you get mad at any of those things, I just want to ask you a question. Why? Ask yourself why you're getting angry if you do get angry at any of the things that we talk about today, okay? The very first thing that I want to talk about as a whole is debt. Debt, credit card debt, car loans, student loans, lines of credit, all of those things. As a community, we've made it so normal. We've made it so normal for those things to to be a part of us that it's it has actually become a habit. It's like I've always said, debt is a habit. Debt is not a it's, debt is not a math problem. Debt is a habit because if the math tells you the things that you bought that took you into debt, you couldn't afford those things essentially. So first of all, let me remind you what is what it means to be broke. I'm not talking about poor people. Poor is a completely different thing. Poor a poor person doesn't have a steady source of income. A poor person doesn't have a poor person isn't assured of where the next meal is coming from. No steady source of income. They're not sure of where the next meal is coming from. They don't have food, shelter, clothing, transportation. Those are things that they struggle with every single day. Those are not the people I'm talking about. I am talking about broke. I'm talking about broke people. Who are broke people? Broke people have a source of income. They have food, shelter, clothing. They have transportation. They have all of those things. They seem to be living a really comfortable life. But but what makes them broke is the fact that all of those things are mismanaged. They don't have any. They have income, but they don't have any money left at the end of the period in order to take care of those things that really matter because they're spending more than they earn. They're spending way above their means. They're in debt. They're living paycheck to paycheck. The reason you're broke, the name of the show, we explore all those things, all those reasons, all the reasons why we're broke. We're exploring all of those things. And a habit, like I said, community habits, a habit is something that you have done over time, over and over again, that at some point it just becomes, it just goes on autopilot and you you don't even think about it before doing it anymore. Community habits are those things that as a community, we have, maybe the first time we did them, we thought about them, but right now we've gone on autopilot and it's just, we just do them without even thinking at all. We do them without thinking at all. The first one I said was debt. And what makes us to get into that debt? It's a lot of people are trying to keep up. Let me use the word, the, the, the phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. You all know what I'm talking about when I say keeping up with the Joneses. You see your neighbor or you see your friend, they go buy a brand new car and you want to buy the same thing. You see your friend, they go on vacation and you're like, oh, those people are going on vacation and I want to do the same thing. And you go on vacation as well without thinking 
if they had the money to go on vacation or if you have the money to go on that vacation. Another big one I've really seen around is people buying houses and the person was trying to keep up says, oh, if those people can buy a house, I can buy a house. So you're trying to keep up and you want to have the best house in the neighborhood because you want everybody to be, you want to be the talk of the town. You want to be the one that everybody looks at to say, hey, they have the best house, but you're really just trying to keep up. So th that competition, that keeping up with the Joneses. But one thing you need to know is that the Joneses are broke, broke, absolutely broke. If nobody ever told you that, know that the Joneses are broke. The other thing which I think is going to get people really worked up is this notion of go fund me. Why do we use go fund me for everything? I want somebody to give me the answer to that question. Why do we use GoFundMe for everything? GoFundMe, first of all, I have nothing against the company GoFundMe. They're, they're doing amazing. They are, they're doing amazing. They have a reason for being there. And as a community, we're abusing it. We're abusing GoFundMe. GoFundMe was actually created, and to the best of my knowledge, it's one of those things that was created to, to help raise funds for, for something for a cause, you go for me was created to help respond to a cause, right? But as a community, what I've seen us doing with GoFundMe, we use it for everything. Somebody passes away and the very first thing you see is a GoFundMe has been set up to help send the remains of this person home. It's a tragedy when, person, when a person passes away and it's a very sad thing. It's a very, it's a thing that's very, emotionally draining of course it's going to be financially draining and all of that but there are things that have been set up within our community to take care of those if i name for example in the us there's this thing called saggy saggy and in canada there is this thing called rpn those two things to the best of my knowledge are created to help re return your remains back home so if you know that when you pass away, you would want to be buried in your country, Cameroon. It's a simple thing. Register for RPN or register for SAGI, right? You pay a contribution into, into it. And I'm not trying to sell you on, 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 on SAGI or on RPN. I'm just telling you that those are options that are available to take care of those things that you're trying to take care of. You want your remains to be sent back home. You want, you want your family to be cared for when you pass away. You want to not be a burden to your family when you die. RPN, that's what it does. I have been in a group with, with some people who were talking about donor fatigue. Like they are just so tired of this thing of every single day or every single week they're trying to raise funds for this thing for this person that passed away because they're trying to send the remains back home but if that person was registered for rpn or saggy those associations release some funds to you to help you take care of of that immediate thing right of the that immediate um expense of sending the remains back home and then if you're thinking about who who's going to take care of your family when you pass away guess what's there life insurance life insurance is there for a reason i know a lot of us don't think about life insurance at all it's not a thing for 
it's, it wasn't a thing as in an in thing as in a community habit. It's not one of those things that people like to think about because when you when you start thinking about life insurance, you're thinking about death, right? And nobody really wants to think about the fact that they're going to die. But guess what? We're all going to die someday. If you have people who depend on you financially, if you have um, children who depend on you financially, you have a spouse who depends on you financially. It's not because they're not working, but just the fact that as a family, you have two incomes. And when you, when you die, it goes down to one income. That person is going to be struggling to deal with the, with the emotional trauma that your death has caused them. They shouldn't be worried about the financial aspect as well. You should care for your family enough to get life insurance to make sure that when you go, when you exit, it's not if you exit, everybody is going to exit the world. When you do, those people who depend on you financially are taken care of. That's what life insurance does. So talk to, if you want me to bring somebody on the show who's going to talk about life insurance, definitely I could bring the person. I don't sell life insurance. I'm not, um, I'm not an insurance broker by any means. I'm just a person who's passionate about doing better for our community. And I'm hoping that people can start to change. People can start to do different. People can start to think beyond what is normal, normal in quotes as in what everybody does. Because GoFundMe, seriously, people, GoFundMe is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. Not the company GoFundMe, but the notion of the, f the very first thing that happens when somebody passes away is we're suddenly raising funds for go from on GoFundMe to, to send the person's remains back home. We can do better as a community. Oh, I do see comments coming in. Thank you so much for all your comments. I'm going to put them up on the screen just so we can discuss them. Bless you, sis, and get me a day in a white dad. Meaning that <laughs> people do go for me, we can't get me a day, bro. Okay. Here it is. People should invest in life insurance in in case of their death. I think that's what it's meant to say. Easy charity, hoping in the compassion of others. Which, again, I'm going to say, yes, we all have to be compassionate. But there's this thing called donor fatigue. I've heard countless people talk about it. Man, another go for me. Man, another contribution. Man, another this. Man, another that. But the thing is, everybody is, a lot of people that I've met in, in this scenarios, they are, they're tired of the giving, but they are guilty to not give because they say, no, but this person really, really needs our help. This person if we don't take care of this, then they can't send the remains back home and this and that. So yes, we have to be compassionate and I'm, I'm really for compassion, but at the same time, the Bible tells us God loves a cheerful giver. If you're going to be giving and you're giving and complaining at the same time, which is what I've heard a lot of people do and they're like another death, this people, another death and things like that. Nobody's going to, we don't, we don't, we don't know when we're going to die. It's going to happen someday. So, Maybe it's going to happen now when you still have kids who are depending on you. Maybe it's going to happen later when your kids don't depend on you anymore. You don't know. And that's why there is life insurance. That's why there are things like those, like the SAGI and the RPN and all of those things that are there to help us in those situations. Um, the other thing that I want to I wanna mention about the community habits that are keeping us broke is the fact that we don't talk about money in the family. A lot of us don't talk about money in the family, maybe because of the way that we grew up back home. Money was one of those taboo topics. Money was one of those things that nobody, um, 
it's one of those things that I don't know. I don't know what word to use. If you could help me out there in the in the audience, help me with the word to use. But when it was one of those topics that it's like you you don't you don't ask somebody how much they make. You don't ask somebody how much debt they're in. You don't ask somebody just those things that and you don't talk about. Lots of wives, truth be told, don't know how much their husbands make. And lots of husbands, truth be told, don't know how much money their wives make. But yet you're a family. Yet you're trying to raise kids together. Yet you're trying to you're trying to make sure that your everyday needs are met. But you don't know how much you have in the family bowl, so to speak, in the family purse. Last time on the show, I had a guest. His name was Jacob. If you watched that episode, he was talking about his experience during life during uh, marriage counseling when he um, he saw somebody he saw a couple that was having this marital difficulties and it all came down to the fact that the husband had never exposed to the wife how much money he made and the wife was always making this kind of demands on the husband um which the husband couldn't couldn't afford but the wife kind of thought that he was lying and what i'm saying is when you don't get to talk about money when you don't get to have those conversations with your spouse when you don't get to have those conversations with your your children expectations are created those expectations that just lead downhill because everybody starts getting disappointed because mom isn't doing this for me or dad isn't doing this for me or my husband isn't doing this for me or my wife isn't doing this for me because you think that they have money more money than than they actually do have so as a community we really need to start having conversations about money we really need to start uh, being intentional with our money we need to start um we need to break those habits that we grew up with break those habits of not talking about money break those habits of depending on handouts that's another one a community habit it's really depending on handouts and very link very closely linked to that is the aspect of of um enabling enabling people someone asked me how do i know if i'm enabling somebody or if i'm helping somebody how do you know deep down you know Deep down, you know if you're enabling somebody or if you're helping somebody. But I'm just gonna give you a few a few pointers. How do you feel after helping that person? How do you feel? Do you feel cheerful or do you feel resentful? If you feel resentful, deep down, that resentment is telling you something. I had a friend who told me that there was somebody who called her to tell her um, they needed some money to go clear the container from the port. And this particular person who needed money actually already owed this friend some money. And the friend was like, okay, I'm going to help you. Because they're feeling guilty that if they don't help, then they're thinking maybe your container that's on the port is not going to be cleared and I could do something about it. But they helped. And at the end of the day, they didn't feel good about it. Why? Two things. First, the person was taking advantage of them because they had already helped them before and the money was never returned. And they're coming again. So in that situation, me, I'm just going to tell you that, you know what, that's enabling. It's not helping. This person who came to you asking for help is taking advantage of you. And somehow you know it. So how do you feel after helping somebody? 
if you feel cheerful, for the most part, you it was really help. If you feel resentful, if you feel like I know they're just wasting my money, that deep down you know, like I said. The other thing is, are you are your actions helping this person to become more dependent or to be more autonomous? The actions you did, are they helping the person to become more dependent or to become more, more autonomous? Example, say there is, a, let me use a very common thing among us. Guys, drink, they have their drinking buddies. So weekends, Fridays, maybe they go out and they're hanging out with all their friends and they're drinking, right? It's the weekend, it's, thank God it's Friday and people are out having fun and all whatnot. Um, but this person is a family person and this person knows that the family depends solely on them, right? But they don't have any money set aside for family emergencies. They don't have any money set aside for important things that could happen. But on Friday, they are out there having fun and having a good time with their friends and just shocking what right that's the word a few days down the road there is an emergency there is a situation that actually needs them to to spend some money because it's a do it's a life or death situation guess what happens in that kind of situation the person will go around asking for friends can you please help me can you please help me if that kind of person comes to me truth be told i'm not helping me helping you in that situation is enabling you because you know you're a provider you know you're supposed to be a provider you know you should be setting money aside for important things. Yes, have fun. Yes, have some me time. But put it in perspective. Have you set aside funds for emergencies that when something happens in your family, you will be able to, you will have the funds to turn back to you and you wouldn't have to go start asking for handouts from people. So the handouts thing is really closely linked to enabling so if you're a person who, who, if the person was asking you for help, you the person giving, if you know that your actions, your actions of helping this person is going to create more, you're going to encourage the behavior of not being intentional with your money, of not being um, disciplined, then you're the enabler. You, you, whatever you're doing, you think you're helping them, but you're not helping them, you're enabling them. The other thing to check is, does the person have some skin in the game? A very common example, we here in the diaspora, we have access to a lot more money than some people back home, but than most people back home. And we know that the people who are going to come over to you and ask you, I have this business that I'm trying to start and the business needs in CFA, the business needs say 200,000 francs CFA. I have already come up with 100,000. I'm trying to find a way to raise the remaining funds that person has skin in the game they have come up with a hundred thousand they are looking to get some help from you to raise the remaining one if you have the remaining hundred of course you can give it to them if you don't have it but you feel like you want to help by all means you need to go ahead and help that's you helping somebody who has skin in the game that's you helping somebody who by your help they will be more autonomous they will be less dependent you're helping them to create something you're helping them to to take care of themselves give a man a fish you turn him into a beggar but if you teach him how to fish you've helped him to become a creator you've helped him to become a provider if you give him a fish you feed him for one day if you teach him how to fish so this person coming to you and asking for help and they have skin in the game and you helping them, that's totally helping, that's not enabling. So 
the community habit that lies in this thing, it's the enabling versus the helping. We're always, we enable, we really, a lot of times we're enabling people, we're enabling their bad behavior. And it goes back to the thing of GoFundMe, it goes back to the thing of, of all these contributions left right center. As a community, there are lots of things that we could do to show support. Just being there physically, emotionally, psychologically, being there for somebody is very good. Financially too, it's good, but make sure you're not enabling. Make sure you're not enabling, make sure you're helping. A lot of times we're enabling. This GoFundMe thing has been going on and on and on and on because we, the people who give money on those things, we're enabling it. So if you want it to stop, you know what to do. Tell this person, go and register whoever it is that's in your family. Go register them for SAGI. Go register them for RPN. You're the provider in the family. Go get life insurance. Children don't need life insurance, in my opinion, because nobody depends on them financially. But you are a parent. You are a provider. You, are, you have people who depend on you financially. You need to. You need to get some sort of life insurance to make sure that if you're gone, the people who depend on you the people who depend on you will be taken care of. I'm gonna go to a few questions here and a few comments here. This is a comment from Noella. Life insurance is just what it is. People die suddenly and in some cases leave behind huge debt. GoFundMe will not clear that. There are cases where life insurance has been used to settle these debts, which goes a long way to ease the stress during this time of grief. Let's not forget in this country, debts are inherited alongside wealth. We try not to have debt, but how many people actually succeed in this credit-driven society? That is so true, and there's a lot of wisdom in that. So true. Thank you for that, Nella. Gang says, talk, talking about enabling people, some of our people have a false sense of entitlement and will guilt their family members into always sending money. Undue pressure. If you have to borrow to help someone, then something is wrong. That is so true. That is so true. I had a post I'd done on Facebook um, a few months ago. Helping somebody with your income, with your salary, helping somebody, and then you turn around and depend on your credit card for your everyday expenses. It's exactly the same thing as borrowing money to help somebody. I'll say that again. Giving all your money to somebody or sending money to somebody who needs help, in quotes, and then you turn around and you depend on your credit card for everyday expenses. It's the same like borrowing money, taking that cash advance or whatever. It's like taking money from, borrowing money from somebody to go and help somebody. So many things are wrong in that. First, you're enabling that person. Second, you're stealing from yourself and from your family. And do you know how long it's gonna take for you to keep paying? Just think about how much interest you pay on your credit cards for all the outstanding balances that you have. Just think about how much, is it really worth it? The help that you were helping that person, you think you were helping that person. And, and we all also know, I've been in university and I've had friends in university when we're back in UB, there were people who would just sit and they want to strike, this is strike deal, right? You, you, just, you just call somebody because you have somebody who is in the diaspora and you say, you know what, we have this party coming on. What can I tell them so that they can send me money? And they're gonna say, okay, we have a project coming on. We need to pay this much, this much money for the project or we have this coming up and we need to pay this. And you're just calling your people in bush to make them send money. But when they send the money, you know what happens? You're there at Moliko Junction and you're having fun and you become like the, the, the Don, you're, you're the Don, you're the one 
you're the one giving rounds to everybody. Why am I saying this? Sometimes the people who are asking us for money don't need it. They just want it. So if you turn around and you take your heart and money and you're this kind of person who never says no, doesn't know how to say no to anybody for anything, they ask you for X amount of dollars. You go around, you, you take your hard-earned money and you send it over and then you turn around and you're spending on credit cards. You just borrowed money on your credit card to send somebody to the bar or to, to take care of the whole quartier, the whole neighborhood of the university so that they can just sit around and like, oh, my grand said they bush, my grand said they bush. I'm, I've seen it happening so many times and we are the ones in Bush right now and we're doing the same thing. And some sometimes we know that this person was asking me for money, doesn't even need it. I don't know why we're so dependent on, why we're so dependent on handouts. Entitlement, like I said, I'm, I'm not against community. I'm for community. There's some really, really, really good things about our community that we need to keep. There's that brotherhood or the sisterhood or knowing that when you're down, there's somebody you can walk over and talk to. Just that thing. You don't need to be blood related. You don't need to be biologically related to know that you can you can find a friend or an acquaintance in this person. You just there's that community living which is really good about us. And I really want to encourage that. But I want us to separate that community aspect from the enabling and from the bad habits that as a community we have formed. We really need to separate that. Another really big community habit that we've actually given a name to it, litness. We've actually given a name to it, black man time or African time. And now we think it's cool. It rubs off on every single thing. We are capable of we are capable of doing better. We are capable of showing up to places on time. We are capable of handling our finances. We're capable of building wealth. We are capable of all those things. How do I know we're capable of being on time? Have you ever missed a flight? You didn't show up one hour late on Blackman time to go ticket to go uh, get in the air airplane. You actually showed up about two hours before time because you need to go through all the check the check-in and everything you're capable of showing up on time if you just make up your mind that you're going to show up on time you have an occasion say your occasion is starting at 5 p.m you put the time 5 p.m but deep down you know that people are going to start showing up around 7 p.m or maybe like 9 p.m and then when people actually show up at 7 p.m because some people in the community have decided you know what i'm not doing this black man time thing anymore if you tell me your occasion is at five o'clock i'm going to show up at five o'clock they show up and they are disappointed because they show up at five o'clock and nobody else is there. Or they show up at five o'clock and you, the host, you're not even ready for your occasion to start at five o'clock. The people who are trying to break the habit, it's kind of very hard for them to even break that habit because it's a, it's a community that does it. Everybody does it. When you're having this laid back attitude towards, towards your everyday things, towards life, towards time, towards this just general nonchalance, it rubs off on everything else around you. I've heard people say time is money. Time is money. Time is money. And we all have a limited amount of time here on this planet Earth. Do you want to waste your time? We need to change. We need to do something about this. Go fund me. We need to do something different about fundraising. Yes, let's raise funds 
for causes. Let's sit down as a community and say, we want to build a new community center. We want to build a Cameroonian cultural center or something, right? Let's say we want to do a thing like that, a thing where we would teach our children some of the things that we learned from back home. That's a cause. You want to build that cause. Start a GoFundMe for that. And let's contribute into something like that. That's a cause, and I will happily contribute into a cause because it's not it's not it's not something that that one person needs to finance, or it's not something that one person has to take care of, but it's something that you're doing for the community. That's what GoFundMe is for. That's what the fundraisers are for. If people on this earth know that they're gonna die, which they're all gonna die, get ready for it. If you want to be buried in Cameroon put plans in place to make sure that when you exit, there is the money there to take care of your remains being sent back home. Let's stop putting burdens on everybody. Let's stop putting burdens on the community as a whole. Let's stop, let's, let's stop, let's really stop. I'm praying we can stop and I'm praying we can start building wealth. I'm praying we can start getting intentional with our money. I'm praying we can start paying off our debt, living within our means, below our means, so that you can keep some money aside to start building a legacy. I'm hoping we can start doing that. <laughs>